Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, Super Bowl preview podcast here for you as we get ready for Bengals and Rams on Sunday evening. And Jeff Kerr, NFL writer for CBS Sports, is going to join me to help break down the big storylines from that game. And uh, we'll get into a couple other things as well. Eagles legend Dick Vermeil is inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Coach Vermeil. We'll talk about that coming up in just a second. Plus, I'll give you my prediction on who's going to win Super Bowl 56. So lots to get to here on this episode of the podcast as we wind down the NFL season. Just a reminder that we've still got lots of stuff coming your way here this offseason. As far as the Philadelphia Eagles are concerned here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed, make sure you check out all of our shows as the offseason goes along. And uh, we are still cooking at bleedinggreennation.com every day as well. So just wanted to mention that real quick. Also, there is still time for you to vote for BGN Radio in the Sports Podcasts Awards. Here's how you do that. Go to sportspodcastawards.com and register there. Then scroll down till you see the best team podcast category. And then find Bleeding Green Nation and vote for us right there. You can also subscribe to the BGN YouTube channel uh, when you do that and take our podcast survey. So uh, lots of cool stuff over at that uh, Sports Podcast uh, Awards thing that you can listen to a bunch of different podcasts there too. But make sure you vote for Bleeding Green Nation for best team sports podcast. Well, listen, we got Super Bowl 56 coming our way here in golly. We're just down to a matter of hours now as we record this uh, on a Friday afternoon. It's many hours, but still, we're talking about hours, and it'll be here before you know it. Joining me to break down Super Bowl 56 is Jeff Kerr, NFL writer for CBS Sports, friend of the podcast, and uh, we're going to talk about some of the storylines heading into this game. Jeff, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy, buddy. How are you? John, it's always a pleasure. Two days to the Super Bowl. Two days. I, I can't believe the NFL season is finally going to end. It's It's been a long year, but it's been a fun year. I, I'm not ready for the NFL to go away. No, nobody's ready for the NFL to go away. And I, I still think the extra football game, the 17-game schedule, I, I wish it would go back to 16 just because I'm used to the records being 16 games. So it keeps throwing me when I think 9 and 8 or 10 and, you know, they won 10 games. So how many did they lose? God, I got to remember now. So anyway, but we are here in mid-February still playing football. And so that's that's not really a bad thing. And, and we got a Super Bowl here between the Bengals and Rams. I, I don't think most folks saw this particular matchup at the beginning of the season. If there is anybody out there who predicted uh, Rams and Bengals uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, I would imagine if you put money down on that, you're doing quite well. But it, it was a it was a journey through the playoffs for for both of these teams. And I guess as I was looking at them, they're both number four seeds coming out of their respective conferences, which which is pretty rare. Who do you think had the tougher road to get to the Super Bowl? Was it the Bengals and what they had to go through, or was it the Rams? I think it was the Bengals, honestly. And I, I know the Rams had a tough road to hoe, too, but especially when you're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home, the defending Super Bowl champions, with Tom Brady having one of his best years. But going in the Arrowhead and beating Kansas City after 
what I thought was the de facto AFC Championship game, the Chiefs and the Bills, and that divisional playoff thriller. I just can't believe that they came back down 21-3 to to do that. I just can't believe Kansas City lost that game. It's been two weeks, and I still can't believe Kansas City is not playing in the Super Bowl, John. That's that's how shocked I am the Bengals are in this game. And everybody wants to talk about, you know, Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, and the Bengals did this and the Bengals did that. And I hate to be that guy, but I think the Chiefs lost that game more than the Bengals won that game. And give credit to the Bengals, but that game should have never happened. That outcome should have never happened. Um, But it it was a tough road because they had to go into Tennessee and beat them. And Joe Burrow got sacked nine times. You don't win playoff games when you get sacked nine times. And they found a way to do that. Evan McPherson's been so clutch for them. Their defense comes up with big plays. Uh, that Vegas game was tough, too. Like, Vegas was a good team. They had a lot of momentum going into that. And, you know, to beat that playoff hex that they had 0 for 8 in their last eight playoff games, haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. I think the Bengals' road to the Super Bowl has been a lot tougher, John. It's I wrote them off all year long. And, you know what? I think they can win this game, but I'm going to write them off one more time. I hate to say it. Oh, no. Well, we'll get to the picks here at the end, but I agree with you. I think the Bengals definitely had the the tougher road. I I think going into Kansas City, having to beat the Chiefs twice this season, by the way, they beat the Chiefs at the end of the regular season, and it looked for all the world like they were going to lose that uh, that AFC Championship game when they got down at halftime, but I agree with you. I think Patrick Mahomes and the way he played in the second half of that game is still mystifying to me. He was on such a roll. He was so hot. They were playing so well, and then it just... It, it, they they got off track, and I know the Bengals threw some different things their way. Uh, I think they you know they they went ag- they basically went against I think uh, what most folks feel like you have to do to beat the Chiefs, and um and that's you know they they started playing a more a little bit more single man high as opposed to two man high and and risking it you know basically saying if you guys can beat us deep great but they they, they really did I think rattle Mahomes in 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 some ways and I don't know if that was more a result of the Bengals or a result of for whatever reason, Mahomes getting getting out of sync, but it was really a, a shocking thing to see. And as I look at the Rams, I, I just, for whatever reason, this is still a team that does not impress me. And maybe it comes from the head coach. Maybe I'm still kind of not all in on Sean McVay because I see him do things in games multiple times, even in games that he wins where I just think to myself, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What you, are, are they winning in spite of you? And I know that that's a little bit harsh maybe, but I don't know. It's Are, are the Rams... How good are the Rams? I think that's my big question about this Rams team, Jeff. How good do you think they are? You know, that's an interesting point, John. And I'm glad you brought up Sean McVay. I think Sean McVay's a good coach. I don't think he's boy wonder like everybody else seems to. A lot of my colleagues at CBS seem to think that. I argue this all the time. I'm like, guys, you do know he's not that great of a coach, right? Like, there's a lot of intricacies he does in the game. That You know, I'm a basketball coach. I'm thinking to myself, just from a coach's optic, what are you doing? Like, why are you yeah, hurting your team yeah. like that? You have Matthew Stafford. Well, why are you giving the ball to Cam Akers? Why do you call timeout when you don't need to call timeout there? And you know, that NFC Championship game, I was laughing at how bad Shanahan and McVay were at calling games. And everybody wants to hire McVay clones. Like, I think oh. Zach Taylor's a better coach than Sean McVay right now. And, yeah. and really, at the beginning of the season, Zach Taylor was probably the first coach on the hot seat. But... I think the Rams have a lot of talent. I think Matthew Stafford's a really good quarterback. I think he, he's got a lot of talented receivers in Cooper Cup, no doubt Beckham Jr. By the way, James Harden fans, you know, we were talking about James Harden the pre-show here. John, just think of Odell yeah. Beckham Jr. and how he quit on a team. And all of a sudden, he yeah. can ball now. Yeah. 
Just remember that. So, I'm going off topic here, but the Rams defensive line is really good. You know, Les Snead's a really good GM. How about that one? Les Snead is a really good GM. He does not care about draft picks, at least high draft picks. But the draft picks he does make, like Nick Scott, a guy who was a running back at Penn State and converted to safety because of Saquon Barkley, those are the picks he's making. Those are the picks that yeah. are getting the Rams to the Super Bowl. So, I think the Rams are very talented. I just hope Sean McVay can actually coach a decent game because if he can on Sunday, they're going to win the Super Bowl. Both of those coaches in the NFC Championship game were doing as much as they could to throw the game away. I, I, that was the most poorly coached NFC Championship game or championship game of any kind I, I can remember watching in, in a while. So it just maybe maybe it left me with a sour taste in my mouth as I, as I watched those two teams battle down the stretch, continuing to to make major coaching mistakes. I, I think one of the great things that this Super Bowl does have it has a a really compelling quarterback wide receiver duo to watch. And I think each team, I'm having a hard time determining in my mind, which I think is better, which do you think is the better quarterback wide receiver receiver combo right now? Is it Matthew Stafford, Cooper cup, or is it Joe Burrow and Jamar chase? I'll defend Stafford and cup on this. Only Tom Brady and Randy Moss had more touchdowns in their first season together. They had 24 and Stafford and cup have 20, which I think, is very interesting, but this Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase thing, they don't lose playoff games, John. They've never lost a playoff game. In college, they won the Citrus Bowl the one year, then, you know, what they did in the playoffs, and then, you know, you, you get to the NFL playoffs, and they're 6-0 and in playoff games. It This is kind of insane how good those two are, and you could stop Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow's like, yeah, no big deal. I got T. Higgins. I got Tyler Boyd, you know. We don't run bunch formations here in Cincinnati. We, we go spread. We line everybody up. And, yeah, we're just going to play like it's glorified arena football. And it works for them. So, I think I got to go Joe Burrow, Jamar Chaser, just because of what they have done in the past. And that's nothing against Stafford and Cup. It's just, man, it's, it's so hard to go against the grain with those two right now. It feels like they're just an unstoppable force. I agree. And, you know, I, I look at Cup and I still think, how does he get open as often as he gets open? But he's got elite get open skills, <laughs> for lack of a better word, you know? I mean, he runs good routes. He definitely has some shimmy and shake to him, but uh, he also has some deceptive speed. I just, I have a, yeah, and I think the legend of Joe Burrow is growing here. He seems to have the personality to really relish the moment. You know, he reminds me, he reminds me, and I wasn't alive when Joe Namath was at his height, but he just kind of has a lot of that Joe Namath type swagger uh, to to himself, where I think he's going to really rise to the occasion uh, in, in this Super Bowl. And I, yeah, is there an excitement level around this Super Bowl that you have felt compared to others previously? Like, this doesn't have the the marquee guys like Tom Brady, like Aaron Rodgers, you know, like uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. You know, it has Matt Stafford and and Joe Burrow, two very talented quarterbacks, but not these elite guys like like you're thinking about uh, in, in Super Bowl's past. So, you know, how, what's the excitement level for, for you heading into this Super Bowl, given that? Well, last year, obviously... CBS at the Super Bowl. So I was already excited going into that, and you just had that, the goat against the baby goat. This one right. kind of feels like Rams-Titans in 1999, John, does it? Or 2000, I no, guess. No, that's a good comparison, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, you got the greatest show on turf versus this underdog Titans team who, really, the Jaguars should have been in the Super Bowl, but they couldn't beat Tennessee the whole season. So I'm yeah, kind of thinking yeah. like that, you know, the, the Bengals or the Rams are this upstart team. They got this uber-talented quarterback that we all know is good. We all know this offense is great. It took a, 
an amazing road to get there, ultimate underdogs, and then you got the Rams, who were kind of playing the villain in a sense, because they got all the stars, and people call them super teams, which I don't believe that there's a super team in the NFL, but they do have a lot of stars, right. and a lot of guys, like, you love to love, and a lot of guys you love to hate, like Odell Beckham's one of the guys you love to hate, but Cooper Cup's the guy you love to love, and Matthew Stafford, you want to see him win a Super Bowl after just spending 12 years in Detroit, people telling him he's overrated, he's this and that, he just throws the ball up. Well, no, that that's not true at all. So to me, it's it does have that feeling like, you know, it's it's Rams-Titans, Super Bowl 34. I think we're going to get a great game because of that. It's going to be a very deceptive game. I, I think it's going to go against the grain. It, it might not be this passing um, art that we're going to see on Super Bowl Sunday, but I feel like we're, NFL fans are in for a treat. Oh, uh, by the way, I have to say this: Al Michaels calls every single good Super Bowl on the face of the earth. So you gotta keep. I know. I was watching that video that the NFL put out. That was incredible. They have a the, the NFL tweeted out a video of like great late Super Bowl endings of the last. I don't know how how long it was, but it's going back to the uh, the greatest show on turf Super Bowl. And Al Michaels is he's calling all of them. But the, the, here's the funny thing, John: They forgot the other great Super Bowl we called. No good. Why right? He called that game too. It's oh, how do you right. forget that? But I swear he calls every good. Super Super Bowl over the last 25 years. It's insane. Yeah, and I think that's the thing too is like, you know, it's uh we've gotten a lot of great Super Bowls in 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 the recent uh, past. Last year's was was not so great. Um it was pretty much a dominating performance by by, by the Buccaneers. So, um one other thing before I get to your Super Bowl pick, uh, the NFL announced their uh, Hall of Fame players uh, from this past year, uh, and you know they're a coach as well uh, that Eagles fans are, are very happy about. Dick Vermeil uh, finally gets into the Hall of Fame after a long and storied career. W- what are your thoughts on the Hall of Fame announcement uh, that came down last night, Vermeil and otherwise? So, I'm actually going to the ceremony for the first time. I- I've been to Canton before, but. I'm taking my dad on an all-expense-paid trip, you know, the Hall of Fame ceremony, because he wanted to see Vermeule get in, and I kind of knew a couple months ahead of time Vermeule was going to get in. So I, I kind of planned ahead on this, but when I saw the class, first thing I thought of, how is Tory Holt not in? I still don't get the, the hate with Tory Holt and the Hall of Fame. It's They love to punish receivers. That was the first thing I thought of. Uh, Pete Prisco must have done a really good job getting Tony Baselli in. I mean, I didn't think Baselli played long enough, but when he did play, he was dominant. I remember Tony Baselli very well. I, I am glad he's in. Sam Mills, I'm glad he's getting his just due. He's in. Everybody's saying this is a great class. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far. I think it's a very good class. Like, I've watched Richard Seymour play. I, I, again, he's a good player, but I never thought he was like a Hall of Famer. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's... Mm-hmm. But again, you got to put someone on that Belichick defense in. It was, it was never going to be like Teddy Bruschi. And to me, Ronnie Harrison, he's not a, you know, he to me, he's not a Belichick defensive guy. I think of more of him with the Chargers than anything else. So, I, I again, I, I have no problem with Richard Seymour being in. Um, Leroy Butler, I thought, was underrated for a lot of years. By the way, this, this seems to be like the era, let's get safeties in for once. You know, Brian Dawkins, John Lynch, Leroy Butler. Darren Woodson will probably yeah. get in at some point. So I like that. Um, obviously, I'm gonna I'm ecstatic for Meals got in, but I kind of wish Tory Holt would go in with him. And yeah, it, it's weird though. Like the, there were a couple guys. Like I thought Devin Hester would get in on the first ballot just because of how he transcended the return game. Like you literally kicked away from Devin Hester. You you literally did. He yeah. was a dominant player. I I know what the case against him is gonna be. Well, he wasn't good at wide receiver. He wasn't good at running back, or you know everything else. He just played one position. Yeah, but he was really good at that. So. 
I think I would have voted Devin Hester in. But overall, I don't mind the class. I I I'm just not going to be that guy who's going to say this is a great Hall of Fame class. I think it's a very good Hall of Fame class, so and a lot of guys ever deserve it. I just wish guys like Sam Mills were alive to actually make an induction speech. Yeah, and I, for me, the the biggest uh, Eagle snub so far, the guy who I think most needs to get in at some point here in the next few years is Eric Allen, who is the best the best cornerback I watched I watched play in the 1980s and, and early 90s. He, he is just amazing, and the fact he's still not in the Hall of Fame is ridiculous. But um, yeah, the fact Coach Vermeil and Sam Mills getting in uh, two Philadelphia linked uh, players uh, and coaches just just tremendous. So that's a, a really cool honor for, for for both of those guys. I'm glad Coach Vermeil is going to be. Uh, um, you know, he's, he was there yesterday at the announcement, and uh, he's going to be there um, later this summer to, to get inducted. So, all right, back to the Super Bowl. Jeff, let me get your prediction on Super Bowl 56. So, last year I went against my principal, and I wrote about this for CBS Sports last week about, I said Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, no one could beat them, and Tampa Bay's defensive line is going to destroy Kansas City's offensive line, but Mahomes and Reed will find a way and they'll win a close game. Well, I'm not doing that this year. Uh, I am seeing this <laughs> ultimate mismatch between Von Miller, the goat Aaron Donald, uh, you know, just uh, Robert Quinn. I don't know, John. That that defensive front is really tough. And Cincinnati's offensive line is, uh, I'll put it bluntly, they're just not good. <laughs> so I'm going to say the Rams' yeah. defensive line makes a difference. I think Burrow is good enough to keep Cincinnati in this game. I think the Rams will jump out to an early lead. The Bengals will come back. I think they'll fall just short. Again, I'm kind of going like a Super Bowl 34 theme here, and I think mm. the Rams stop up on the final drive. It'll be like an Aaron Donald sack on Joe Burrow on fourth down or something like that, or, you know, he'll get pressure on him. And I have the Rams winning 30 to 23. All right, so a relatively high-scoring game, but not not terribly high-scoring. Probably, I don't know what the over/under is for for this game, but um, I, I I know that that Rams defense it, it might be Sean McVay proof, and uh, that's that's they 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 that that is the biggest mismatch. I think you're right in this Super Bowl is that Rams defensive line against the Bengals offensive line, and we'll see whether or not they're able to stand up underneath it. Uh, folks, look, make sure you're checking out everything Jeff Kerr is doing over at CBS Sports. Uh, Jeff, give everybody your Twitter handle before you run. So it's Jeff Kerr. CBS, uh, pretty simple, K-E-R-R, in case no one knows how to spell Kerr, some people don't, <laughs> so, but, yeah, yeah, it, it's Jeff Kerr, CBS, it's pretty simple, um, yeah, I got a lot of good stuff coming up, I, I put up a lot of good stats, as John knows, um, and John and I will get yep. into weird Twitter discussions about the Ray Rhodes era Eagles, for some reason, we yeah. like the Ray Rhodes era <laughs> Eagles, even though it, it ended terribly, but I, I have a feeling... Between the two of us, we're going to be complaining about baseball not playing because pitchers and catchers should be reporting today. It's driving me nuts. Yeah, no, that's going to be a thing. That's that's going to be a thing. But we we do that on. I'll get you on the other podcast I do on the uh, the Hit and Season podcast, and we we can grouse about that, Jeff. For no doubt about it. Um, all right, may- it will be fifteen minutes of me just saying Bryce Harper is the goat, and that's it. <laughs> well, that'll be good too. Well, that'll get us in the mood. Well, listen, listen, folks, check out everything Jeff Kerr is doing over at CBS Sports. Jeff, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy, buddy. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Yep, John, always a pleasure. All right, well, before we wrap up, just again, some kudos to Coach Vermeil for getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame elected uh, just this uh, this weekend uh, while the NFL was celebrating in Los Angeles. I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that Dick Vermeil saved Philadelphia Eagles football in this city. Prior to 1976, when he was hired, 
the franchise was the laughing stock of the NFL and had been for the better part of a generation. Uh, 1961, they went 10 and four, and then they did not have, they only had one winning season over the next 16 seasons before Dick Vermeil got there. Uh, they finished in last place seven times and won four games or fewer seven times before Dick Vermeil got there. That is the environment he walked into when he was hired away from UCLA. And then, of course, the rest is history. Took the Eagles to Super Bowl 15, four playoff, uh, playoff appearances. And uh, then he went on, uh, took a long break from coaching after retiring from the Eagles in 1983, citing burnout. Um, went back, to, uh, went to the St. Louis Rams, won a Super Bowl there as the head coach of the greatest show on turf, and then had a, a number of really successful seasons with the Chiefs in Kansas City. We kind of forget his Kansas City years, but... Um, um, overall, for his career, a 15-year career, he, he went 120 and 109. That's a 524 winning percentage. But more impressively, resurrected the fortunes of two down-and-out franchises. Um, he, his 120 head coaching wins are 35th most in NFL history, and he's one of just seven coaches to take two different franchises to the Super Bowl. The 19 years between those Super Bowls with the Eagles and Rams is the largest gap of any coach in NFL history. But also part of what makes Dick Vermeil special was just his status in the game. You know, it went above and beyond just the wins and losses. And I think when anybody you talk to who has ever met or known Dick Vermeil, they'll, they'll say the same thing. Just what an amazing man he is, what an amazing mentor and coach he is. Forget how good of an announcer he was too on college football with Brent Musburger back in the, uh, uh, back in the uh, late eighties and nineties calling games for ABC. They were a dynamic duo calling uh, college football, but of course, He's most remembered for that 1980 season when he uh, took the Eagles to the Super Bowl, beat the Cowboys in the NFC Championship game. You would have loved to have seen that storybook ending uh, and beating the Rams in Super Bowl 15, but uh, we can't have everything in life sometimes. And uh, if you'll remember for BGN Memories last year when I was chronicling the 1980 season, uh, I, I spoke to Dick Vermeil. Uh, and so on the on BleedingGreenNation.com, I have a link to my conversation uh, with uh, Coach Vermeil. Uh, we did a, a Zoom interview together and it was just an honor to be able to sit down for half an hour and chat with him about uh, the 1980 Eagles and we talked a little bit about uh, what was going on with the birds in um, in 2020 uh, as we were as we were talking so uh, but I uh, would encourage you to go check that out it's just it's always great to uh, to hear from from coach for and it was an honor to be able to get a chance to speak to him and now he is officially a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame all right let's talk about Super Bowl 56 and predictions Everybody at Bleeding Green Nation, except for one person, is picking the Bengals to win Super Bowl 56. Right now, BLG, who is having the best postseason out of any of us outside of uh, outside of Tyler, uh, with a 9-3 and record here so far in the postseason, he has the Rams. So he agrees with Jeff. He's taking the Rams. But the rest of us over at Bleeding Green Nation are all taking the Bengals. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why I think it's the Bengals. And I think both, this is both a heart and a head pick. I want the Bengals to win, and I think the Bengals played a far better game than the Rams last uh, two Sundays ago against a much tougher opponent. Now, I'm not honestly sure why the Rams are favorites in this one. Honestly, I mean, I, I hear what Jeff's saying about the defensive line and Cincinnati's offensive line, but Cincinnati's offensive line has been getting killed throughout the postseason, and they've been finding ways to get around that. 
both both of these teams come in as uh, the number four seeds in the playoffs. So none of these teams were favored to to get to this point. And I I think the Bengals have had a tougher road through the postseason. I mean, they beat the Raiders, they beat the number one seed Titans, and then they beat the number two seed Chiefs. The second time this year, they've beaten Kansas City. Beating Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid twice in the same season, and it's just been a few weeks past between those two games, is no easy no easy task. And I I also am not a Sean McVay guy, as you well know. I I he did everything he could to lose that NFC Championship game. It's just Kyle Shanahan um, really outscrewed up Sean McVay. So I, I'm just I know his record is amazing. He's gotten to his second Super Bowl in four years. Maybe I'm way too hard on the guy. And, he, you know, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, are, it's a great combination. But I agree. I think Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, I think the Bengals have more weapons overall than than L.A. does. And I just I haven't been impressed with the Rams all season. I know they're in the Super Bowl, so they've obviously done something right. That defense is legit. And you've got to love what Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup are able to do. You know, the only player I'm really rooting hard for on that Rams team is Stafford. It would be great to see him win a Super Bowl. But my heart is with Cincinnati to win their first ever Super Bowl championship. The city of Cincinnati really deserves it after all of the muck they've gone through. Uh, and to, to go from a two-win team two years ago to Super Bowl champs would be would be just incredible. So I'm all in on the Bengals winning their first ever Super Bowl on Sunday. I think they're the better team. I really do. Aside from that huge mismatch with the Rams defensive line against the Bengals offensive line, I think the Bengals have the edge pretty much everywhere else. So I'm going to say Bengals 30, Rams 20 in Super Bowl 56. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Eye on the Enemy. My thanks once again to Jeff Kerr for coming on the podcast. Don't forget, folks, check out BleedingGreenNation.com. Each and every day, we'll have a recap of the Super Bowl, and we'll be talking about it all week long on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. So don't go anywhere this offseason. Even though the football is going away, we've still got lots to talk about as the Eagles get ready for the 2022 NFL season. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy.